gentlemen, and welcome to the 411 from 406. My name is Chewy, and I am joined once again by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. It's been a long time since we have done this, and I have been itching considerably, so I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it, it has been, yeah. It's, so the last, I'm looking at the site, This so this will be episode 80. Um, episode 79, I posted to the site on April 30th. And we record. We recorded it on April thirteenth, so it's I, that's a, the it's biggest a long gap. Time. That's our yeah. biggest gap, I think for sure. And and I'll take at least uh, at least uh, two to three weeks of the blame for that. I uh, I had some surgery a couple weeks ago on my sinuses, and I was out. I was not feeling good. I was in no shape to be talking, you know, <laughs> about anything at that point. So. I had to take a little break. I'm feeling better now, which is good. But um, yeah, I was I was definitely out of it for a while. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're feeling better. You did celebrate a big birthday while we were off, so another trip around the sun. So happy birthday, happy belated. Thank you, thank you. I hit the uh, the magic number forty seven, which is oh fuck, that's old man. It's old man for sure. It uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier. Uh, when we were catching up, it's I'm officially in my upper forties now. I can't I can't say mid forties. It just doesn't doesn't sound accurate. I'm not quite to yeah. my late forties, but shit, man, fifty is racing around the corner. I'm, yeah. I'm starting my my final lap in my forties. <laughs> it feels like so. Yeah the the, ch- the checkered flag of the of the forties is coming out. Huh? Yeah, 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 it is. I hear you. So I'm, I'll be 47 in less than two months here. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm breathing down that same barrel as well and feel feeling it every fucking day, my friend, every day. You know what really drives me nuts more than anything is when people are like, Oh yeah, I'm 47, but I don't feel 47. I'm like, I don't either. I feel like 53. (laughs) Like some days, man, it just, I, I definitely feel the age. I definitely feel like I've gotten older certain things that used to work don't work or they work much more slowly or they work in my head, but they don't necessarily, yeah, uh, you know, work the way they used to. And that's, that's frustrating. That's tough. I had, it was either, it was either last week or the week before I had like an entire three or four days where I just had like zero motivation at work, like none, like not even Oh, I'm not really, you know, I'm not engaged in this, but it was just, you know, I'm looking at my computer. I'm like, oh my God, it's 9.13 on Tuesday. <laughs> you what know? am I going to do? So, yeah, I hear you. And, you know, I think part of that is, is uh, you know, school's out for the summer for the boys. And so they've kind of shifted into summer mode and I'm still doing the same thing that I always do, right? I'm just doing it in the summer versus, you know, during it, during it, during the school year. So, but um, yeah the concept of a midlife crisis is very real. At least it is for me. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about just kind of getting older and, and you know what that means and mortality and, and those kind of, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's not a bummer necessarily. It's just it, it, it thoughts that I've, that I'm having now in my 
uh, late forties, mid forties that I never had in my thirties or, you know, even early forties. So, so, so how is that going to manifest for you? Is that going to be a sports car? Is that going to be some sort of extravagant purchase? Like, what do you think midlife crisis looks like for you? You know what? I, I don't know. A couple of years ago, I had my eye on, um, and I think it's technically a motorcycle. It's called a slingshot. Have you ever seen these things? It's basically yeah. it's like two we- two wheels in the front yeah. and one yeah, in the yeah. back. Okay. I, I just think that would be so much fun to tool around in. The problem is to get to get a really nice one, you're still talking about, you know, 20 grand, 25 grand. And I just don't know that I'm going to be in a position even by the time I'm 50 or 55 to, you know, to have $20,000 or whatever of disposable income, right? you know, to just kind of, to just kind of play with. I've got three boys, you know, that they're as, as the, as they get older, their habits get more expensive and they get more expensive. And so my, my middle guy, my, uh, he just got done with his freshman year in high school. Wow. You know, he, he plays travel baseball. Right. And so it's like, we're going to, we were in Sandusky last weekend. We are going to Pittsburgh this weekend. We were supposed to go to Florida next weekend. We're going to Nashville. We're going to again, back to Sandusky. I mean, it's like all of these tournaments and that's, you know, after you've already paid to play on the team and then you have to travel to the tournaments and you have to, you know, and again, it sounds like I'm complaining. I'm not, it's what we signed up for. Right. But like, that's where all my disposable fun income goes. It's, it goes to travel baseball and travel basketball and, and that sure. kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not cheap so, for sure. No. So I don't know. Do you, do you have, do you have a, a midlife crisis toy on, on your, uh, on your bucket list? I know you've already got your Eddie Van Halen guitar, so that's, that's crossed off, right? I have a Eddie Van Halen guitar. I wouldn't mind another one. I would like a okay. more traditional style strat where it's the red guitar with the black and white stripes you know circa yeah. 1979 i would love to have something along those lines if i do get a midlife crisis it'll be a, in the form of a guitar probably yeah there's okay. a couple that i would i would like to own before my time is over my wife will counter with well you don't play enough to warrant spending you know three thousand dollars on a guitar which is a perfectly valid and also stupid argument <laughs> but she she does have a pretty good point. So I don't know. It may come. I mean, I could certainly wedge one in during my 50th, which we've already discussed is way too goddamn close. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen that way. I don't give a shit about cars. I could care less. I would like yeah. to have another Jeep someday. That was that was a very fond time in my life to have that Jeep. So maybe. But honestly, if that never happens, it wouldn't break my heart. So it's never going to be something as expensive as a car, but it it definitely would be some piece of either technology or musical instrument. You just, you just said something there that triggered a thought in my mind. Uh, it may, uh, maybe a potential future podcast topic. So you, you said something about it would warrant something or other. And that made me think, I had this thought a couple of weeks ago and I forgot to, we have a spreadsheet that we keep potential podcast topics on have we ever talked about the greatest band from a hair ballad perspective i know we've talked about the greatest hair ballads have we ever t- and the reason i'm saying this is in my mind i think it would be warrant i think i could <laughs> easily make that case that warrant is the greatest ballad band at least off the top of my head real quick it's an but interesting anyways. conversation and we'd have to draw some specific boundaries of of what 
bands are, are roped in there because you could argue someone like a Def Leppard or a Journey or mm-hmm. some of the ones that weren't necessarily the 80s hair metal out of the Sunset Strip, like Warrant and Poison and Rat and Winger and all of those. Like power ballads can be, you know, Sister Christian by Night Ranger. It can be, mm-hmm. you know, Don't Close Your Eyes by Kicks. It could be all kinds of stuff. So no, I don't, I don't think we've ever said which band has the best ballads. I think you and I strongly agree from the hair metal era warrant is definitely my the favorite top, right yeah i, I yeah. think they are i think it's got i won't say it's got bob dylan level songwriting by any means but i think the songwriting is a little bit more thoughtful than some of their peers for sure so yeah, yeah it would be a great conversation i would love to okay. to really have to dive in and and see if there may be some that i'm not even thinking of yeah, I don't know. I I I'll put that on the spreadsheet. But I I I don't remember. I, I think I was doing some yard work one afternoon, and I was listening to, as I'm prone to do, some hair metal. Oh yeah. And 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 you know, two or three like warrant, and then kind of ballads came on, and I was like, man, that'd be a really good. I know we again. I know we've done the, the songs. I don't know that we've ever tackled the bands though. I think that would be fun. So. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you, uh, what's, what's summer look like for you now that the girls are out of school and what, what, what do you got on tap? Anything good? Yeah. Girls are out of school. Softball is going on. Not a lot of vacations or anything specific planned, but I guess if I'm, if I'm thinking forward in the summer and the things that I'm looking forward to, of course, there are concerts that are coming up. My concert season has officially kicked off. I saw the band, uh, Death Cab for Cutie last week, uh, the night before my birthday. And that was super fun. I'm a big fan of that band. And we've got some more shows coming up. The County Crows are going to be next weekend, which I'm a huge, huge fan of and, and definitely looking forward to. But on top of some of the concerts, I think this summer is a really interesting summer for movies. And and that's what I thought would be a fun chat session that we could have tonight because it's, um, you know, the, it's kind of like the the breathing new air in some of the action movies that I feel like we've talked about previously. I mean, this summer alone there are quite a few of those movies coming out we got fast x which has already come out there's a new transformers movie coming out of course got our comic book movies both marvel and dc a new mission impossible movie is on its way out to the theaters we had john wick not too long ago that's not really as much of a summer movie but it's almost like you know these action movies are kind of kicking back into full gear and you know, it it sort of sparks that conversation that I know we've had on this podcast many times about this contentious relationship that I have with these sequels that are somewhat perfunctory, if you will, the ones that happen many years after, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's Ghostbusters, these sequels that kind of feel a little bit too mechanical and, and not a lot of heart and depth. And, and, you know, we've, we've, we've got more of those on the books this year. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, Fast X, Transformers, Mission Impossible, John Wick, all of those. It's well, John Wick maybe doesn't count because that I would say is a modern action series. But even Mission Impossible started many years ago. And mm-hmm. of course, so did Transformers. And I will say, though, I'm I'm particularly excited about Mission Impossible because I have started to rewatch that entire series of movies. And I really, really love them, with the exception of the second one. I think that's notoriously kind of the the black sheep of the family but yeah it's kind of panned right yeah but it's it's when you think about it though it's not a bad action movie it's not a good mission impossible movie it's not a good spy thriller but it's a fun action movie it's just got way too many goofy martial arts wire Mm -hmm. food type stuff that doesn't make any sense and if you if you take a step back and remember that 
Tom Cruise's character as Ethan Hunt is supposed to be a spy. None of that shit makes any sense whatsoever. Even though Thandie Newton was arguably the hottest girl that has been in any of the Mission Impossible <laughs> movies. Oh my God, she was gorgeous. But I rewatched Mission Impossible 3 last night and I forgot how much I love that movie. It is so fucking good. And it very clearly sets the tone for what's to come in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, etc. movies in the Mission Impossible universe. It course corrects from what they did in two, and it really refines what they did in the very first movie. And I just, I thought it was brilliant. I, I really liked it, and I'm excited to continue to go through the series. Of course, I'm partial to Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's probably my favorite actor of all time. Uh, rest in peace. And he plays such a wonderfully intense bad guy in that movie. And I, I just loved it. It was actually, I, I didn't even realize this until I started listening to the now playing review today. That was JJ Abrams first movie. That was his first oh, film, was it really? oh, film wow. directed uh, film that he directed. And wow. What a, what a coming out for him, right? Like directing Tom Cruise in this franchise, which it wasn't as big then as it is now, but you know, it's it's definitely got J.J. Abrams fingerprints all over it. We it, we've discussed the whole mystery box. You know, J.J. Abrams likes to introduce these things that he never really provides answers for, which we sort of, you know, we kind of ripped on him a little bit the way he did that in Star Wars. But you do that in Mission Impossible, and I think it's fine. This whole storyline with this thing called the Rabbit's Foot, which is the MacGuffin of that third movie. You never really find out what that thing even is. And you don't even really care because you're just, at least I was just having fun with the ride. But do you, have you seen that movie? Do you remember the third Mission Impossible? I, yeah, I, you know what? I have. So, so um, for years, for years and years and years, I don't think I had ever seen a single Mission Impossible movie, which ironically enough, I sent you another potential podcast topic today of, um, movies that you would be shocked that we have never seen so up until a, a couple of years right um uh, so and the reason you're going to kill me the reason that, that 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 came to mind i've never seen a single expendables movie which is I a travesty in my it, it really isn't though like i've really? seen okay. maybe one and a half and i'm like yeah it's just <laughs> okay it's well it's a, it's a it's a travesty just based on the cast how about that the, you know but Right. I, I think you owe it to yeah. yourself to at least check out the first one. And if yeah. you like it enough, check out the subsequent ones because the yeah. cast does get bigger and they do get some pretty high profile former action stars. But yeah. it's it's kind of like going to see the Rolling Stones, you know, like you got a bunch of 70 year old guys up there trying yeah. to sound like they did 30 years ago. And I mean, I'm not ripping on the Rolling Stones or one of my favorite right. bands of all time, but like clearly they're past their prime and it, it does get a little bit suspect, but yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, so anyways, um, like I said, uh, up until a couple of years ago, I, I would put all of those mission impossible films on that same list. Cause I hadn't seen any of them at this point. I've probably seen, I don't know that I've seen the last one and I don't know that I've seen any of them more than once. Um, so I, so I can't speak intelligently about them other than to say, I agree with you wholeheartedly that Philip Seymour Hoffman was a badass villain in that, in whatever movie he was in, um, like that, that performance really stood out. I don't really know, like the, like the backstory of Ethan Hunt, you know, from the show, like it was a show in the fifties and sixties, right? Like yep. way back in the day. With, so uh, I don't know if Martin Landau, I believe. Right. So, so I don't know if. 
I don't know if the Tom Cruise portrayal of Ethan Hunt is is you know is a good portrayal, bad portrayal. My perception is it doesn't really matter because Tom Cruise does a, kind of a really good job with it, and he kind of makes it his own. Again, whether it's true to the quote unquote canon or not, but I've enjoyed those films. Uh, unfortunately, I really can't, I can't even speak all that intelligently. You know, I've seen them once, and I don't even know if I've seen them all. It's an interesting experience to kind of go back through these, especially if you watch them through the lens of 2023, because Mission Impossible 3, I believe, came out in 2005. And this is a time when Tom Cruise's reputation was extremely polarizing because this was Mm -hmm. immediately following the Katie uh, Holmes stuff, right? Well, the Katie Holmes stuff. It was following the Brooke Shields stuff where he came out and basically told her to get over her postpartum depression because it wasn't really a thing, which, you know, certainly impacted his likability with his female demographic. And same with the mental health conversation where he called Matt Lauer glib and, you know, that really weird interview that he did. So his his star rating, I think, was waning a little bit at that time. And you can kind of tell when you watch Mission Impossible 3 because they definitely set him up to be a much more likable character. They really kind of tone down the ego and they give him this love interest. Michelle Monaghan is in it. And this is the one where he gets married to her and and she's in a couple of the movies. And, you know, you just you get the sense that they're trying to soften him up a little bit. But you watch it through today and it just it doesn't have the same impact because you you know, you don't really remember what it was like in 2005. So it's it's interesting and they're really fun. I think all the movies are incredibly well done and they only get better as they go. So I'm looking forward to continuing through there. And and I know Tom Cruise is certainly kind of, a, again, polarizing. I hate to keep using that word, but, you know, some people really love him and some people won't watch his movies just because of his antics and the Scientology and all the stuff. I'm of the mind that if I watch your movie and I enjoy it, as long as you're not out there being a pedophile or doing something that's clearly morally objectively wrong, I Mm -hmm. I don't really care. Like, I don't want to be his best friend. I don't want to get his autograph. I watch his movies. I really enjoy him. That's good enough for me. And, and these, he's, he absolutely does a fantastic job in all of these movies, whether it's the obnoxious stunts that he does or just ratcheting up the the intensity of this character and these stories that he's in so yeah they're far-fetched yeah nobody can have this many moles and and rogue agents and all this kind of stuff like it's not practical on any level but you and i have talked a lot about turn off your brain popcorn movies and i i think i've just discovered that these are the ones that i like these are the ones specifically that i like i know you like transformers and some of the michael bay stuff is your jam this this is the stuff that really connects with me yeah, so you mentioned you mentioned Transformers. So there's a new Transformers movie that I think is probably probably in theaters like right now today. And yeah, I, I'm I'm a kind of a weird. I think I'm a kind of a weird forty something year old Transformers fan who actually really doesn't. I, I really enjoy the Bayformers flicks. I know there's a lot of folks that our age that like got in during G1 and really don't like the the Bayformers films. I'm a huge exception to that. Um, you mentioned that you were rewatching uh, Mission Impossible. I've actually been going back and rewatching some of the Transformers films, uh, especially nice. with my kids. And I'd be, I'll be honest with you, they hold up really well. I mean, they, they are, again, they're, they're, you already mentioned it, they're stupid kind of turn your brain off popcorn films. But for, yeah, they, 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 they do. They hold up really well. 
I will be honest with you, I'm not familiar really with the Beast Wars um, source material that this particular movie is, is kind of being based on. Um, but based on what I've seen in the trailers, it looks like I'm really going to enjoy it because it looks like it is kind of in the same vein as the Bumblebee film versus some of those original Bay former flicks. And I really like the look and feel of that. And and I'm I'm having a hard time like understanding the timeline of this, like in that universe, because I think this is actually a prequel to even the first three Transformers films. I'm not really? sure how that's yeah. I'm not sure how that's going to work. So like I, I'm looking right now on IGN, and if you there are six feature-length Transformers movies. The first one, so this is in chronological order. The first one is actually Bumblebee, then Rise of the Beast, then Transformers 07, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you remember like the way, which one was it? There was, at the end of one of them, Unicron was showing up. And Unicron is in this. So I'm not, I'm not sure how kind of how they're going to shoehorn that in. I don't know mm. if they're going to have to retcon a bunch of stuff or what, but, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to going to see it for sure. So, so that comes out tomorrow night. Are you, uh, yes. are you going to try to make plans to see it a late night you know showing what? perhaps? I don't know. I mentioned earlier, we've got, we've got a baseball tournament this weekend. Uh, my wife and is taking my freshman or the guy that just got done with his freshman year. He's got a baseball game in Pittsburgh that starts at 9 a.m. on friday so they're leaving tomorrow i'm gonna to stay here with my oldest and the dog so i don't know we might we might go see the movie tomorrow night i don't know we, we don't have any plans right now but we'll we'll see that'd be a good yeah. idea <laughs> yeah it's uh it's pretty cool so do you have like i see seven movies if you count bumblebee in the series um yes. am i counting yeah seven movies including this this new one and obviously you haven't seen the new one yet but do you have a favorite I mean, I'm I'm going to assume you're going to say the first one, but if you had to omit the first one, or if the first one is not your favorite, which one would you say you would be most willing to revisit? It would be the first one. If not, then it, it would be Bumblebee. I loved Bumblebee. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if you're a G1 fan and you don't like the like Bayformers look and feel, Bumblebee is a really good option because there's a lot of G1 looking you know character models and those kind of things and you've always got peter Cullen as optimus prime the whole time okay so he's in that one so too right he's in he's in every single one yeah he's okay. the voice of prime every single time yep i mean how shitty is it gonna be when peter Cullen dies and we have to have a new voice for optimus prime it's... unless they find a way to darth vader his voice like they did in the obi-wan series right like i just have to think that that is gotta be jarring for that because he's so recognizable in that role yeah. i mean to fans of the series if you're not a fan you wouldn't know you wouldn't care but i mean i don't even i don't haven't i've seen maybe three of these movies but so okay. i'm not as i'm not a fan to the extent that you are but even i wouldn't engage in anything transformers related if it didn't have peter cullen because he didn't have just, prime yeah 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 I, yeah i mean it's 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 gonna be rough right I guess our only saving grace is that technology is to the point where, I mean, they can make just about anything sound like just about anything, you know, and you made a good yeah. point, you know, James Earl Jones didn't do the voice of Vader in, in Obi-Wan and it was pretty good. I, you know what I mean? So, I wouldn't have known. I yeah, honestly yeah. would not have known. I thought they got him back and just fixed his voice because the last right. time he did do 
vocal work, I think was Rogue One, right? And you could tell, you could hear a yeah. little bit of the strain in his voice there. And I remember thinking when he was coming back for Obi-Wan, oh man, I don't know if I want to hear this. And then I heard it and I was dumbfounded. Yeah, it was, was good. Like, it was really like good. like yeah. it's coming out of 1983 right now. It's It yeah. was really good. So we talked about all of these movies that are coming out, but obviously we have not yet touched on arguably the biggest one that is set to drop at the end of June. And that is the new Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny marking the fifth movie in the series in the last 42 years. And I don't know, like I'm really unsure where I am with all of this because it, you know, we're coming off of the crystal skull, which happened 15 years ago. And that one, I, I can't use the word polarizing because polarizing typically implies that there are people on both sides of the equation who both loved it and hated it. I don't know anybody who loved the crystal skull. It was a significant disappointment to most people. Granted, it followed, you know, arguably one of the greatest movies in, in the series, The Last Crusade, although many years later. So we've got the Dial of Destiny that's coming out in, I guess, a couple weeks at this point. And I don't know, like what we, we've we known for, I don't know, three, well, probably f at least four or five years that they were trying to make a fifth Indiana Jones movie. And I'm curious to know how you felt about that, even when you first remember hearing or processing the fact that they were going to do another one. Is that something that excites you at this point, or is that really more cringeworthy? And I don't remember which movie you were talking about just earlier in the podcast here, but you made mention of, of another sequel that let me take a step back to, to answer your question. I, I don't know that it's cringeworthy, but no, I I'm back then four years ago, I wasn't excited and I'm not excited. I'm not excited. I'm really, I'm not. Yeah. Um, and, and it bums me out to say that now that that doesn't mean I won't go see it because I will, but Crystal Skull. Oh, I know what I was going to say. You made mention about a, a movie that was wasn't a great movie in the uh, a series or an entry in the series, but it was a you know, but it was a decent movie. I can't I can't even remember which which movie we're referring to. Uh, probably Mission Impossible too. But okay, I, would, I would say the same maybe about Ghostbusters Afterlife. If you just okay, took, if you just yeah. took the disappointing treatment of the old characters out of there, the new movie had some. It was really, an entertaining movie. Yeah, yeah, it was an entertaining yeah. movie. It just it sort of shit the bed with the rest. But I won't right. rehash and, that. And that's and that's kind of the argument that I would make for Crystal Skull. If if that was just a random, like non Indiana Jones movie. Again, would wouldn't be like a great movie, but it would be kind of an it, just an entertaining Sunday afternoon, like turn your brain off, just kind of a, a like a comic booky, you know, like one off type movie. Again, yeah. there it would still have issues, but when you layer the fact that that is in a absolutely iconic character, like top five all time character, and you throw him in that movie, it becomes an ultimate disappointment. Yeah. That particular movie. So coming off that couldn't be less enthused about the fact that we've got an even older Harrison Ford playing an even older and and that's not an ageist comment it's just like the Indiana Jones that I know and love you know is that swashbuckling badass running through the jungle running away from a you know 
getting on a train and doing this, getting on a horse. Like that's, that's the, the action star that I want. And, and I've heard like good things, believe it or not about the action sequences in this movie, but it's still in 70 some year old Harrison Ford doing action. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not enthused. I'm not excited. Well, before we, we get too far into that, I'd say let's put a pin in even the crystal skull and the dial of destiny. And let's kind of take a step back and, and talk about, you know, this franchise and how it started for us, the Indiana Jones franchise, which of course the first movie was called Raiders of the Lost Ark and much like it's uh second cousin star wars got renamed along the way and is now called indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark so these are all indiana jones movies but you know the first movie came out 1981 and i'm curious if you remember sort of your first exposure to this and and i'd I'd really love to know and it's going to be hard to sum up because i don't even know i how i would but like what did Indiana Jones mean to you as a kid growing up and watching these movies? Where does it, where does this series rank with the likes of the star Wars and the ghostbusters and all of those movie franchises that we loved so much as kids and made such an impression on us. Wow. And and that, that answer right there is probably a whole nother podcast in and of itself. But my first, my first recollection of Indiana Jones, I I did not see it in the theaters, or at least I didn't see it when it first, when it first came out. Obviously, I was just too young. It would have been on VHS. I I don't remember where it was rented from, or might have even been on TV. I was always my my all time favorite Star Wars character growing up was always Han Solo, and it was because, um he had a lot of Indiana Jones in him, right? Obviously it's the same character or it's the same actor, but you know, Han Solo was that kind of swashbuckling guy in a galaxy far, far away. And the, the Indiana Jones franchise was, I mean, it would back then it would have been either a close second or a one a to star Wars back then. So again, that would have been, you know, when there was only a couple Star Wars movies, maybe three at the time, and maybe two or three Indiana Jones films. And you mentioned something earlier, and we'll come back to it, but Raiders, or um, uh, Last Crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones film. Yeah. Yeah, but I we'll can. get there. Yeah, yeah, no, I could totally see that. Do you remember which ones you saw in theaters? Have you ever seen? I, you said you were too young when Raiders came out initially. Have you seen it ever in the theater? Like in a re-release or anything? I did. I couldn't tell you when it was, but I did see it once in the theaters. I did not see the original airing of the second one in the theaters. In fact, was was that like the very first PG-13 movie or one of the very first? It was actually the movie that inspired the very first PG-13. Okay, I knew there was some connection. Okay. So Red Dawn was, I think we talked about that on a previous episode, but Red Dawn was actually the first PG-13 movie. But this movie, which came out in the same year, I believe, was the one that pushed the rating system into saying, hey, we need something between PG and R because this is pretty intense. And, And I remember that because I did see Temple of Doom in the theaters. And this is the only time where I almost had to get up and leave because I was so creeped out by the scene where they are all eating and they cut open the snake and all the little snakes come out. And I was just like, 
I, I was so creeped out and that my dad who took me to see that is like, do you want to leave? And I'm like, well, I, you know, we'll try to stick this out a little bit. And I, yeah. I think I ended up finishing the movie, but that, yeah, that was my first experience. And, and that was, that was tough. Like it was a hard thing to watch, even though the movie, uh, you know, I think redeems itself by the end. I think it definitely gets, gets better. Yeah. I, I, I remember very vividly, I was having dinner at a friend's house and his older sister had seen the mo- that movie in the theaters the, the night before or the week before or what have you. And she was kind of relaying all of this stuff, you know, cause again, this is before the internet. So the only thing, the only way you found out what was in a movie was by talking to somebody that had seen it. And you know, she was just telling us these stories about the snake scene and the spiders and the heartbeat scene, like the and I'm, and we were just blown away. Mm-hmm. And and I remember, I do remember when I saw that movie the first time. I had a very, uh, a very visceral react- reaction, similar to what you did. Yeah. Uh, I, I was seeing it at home, so it was probably uh, six months or a year later. I do remember very vividly going to see the Last Crusade in the theaters, and absolutely was just blown away. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I I do too. Um, Temple of Doom was interesting because it was probably my least favorite of the original three for a long time. But I, for me, I almost put it all up there with Raiders, I think, just because there are certain parts of that movie that I think work so well. And even though sort of the... I think when I was younger, I was disappointed because, you know, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he goes after the Ark of the Covenant. In The Last Crusade, he goes after the the cup of Christ and the Holy grail. And, you know, in temple of doom, he goes after a couple rocks. And and that was, that was kind of, it's sort of, I compare it to the, remember romancing the stone when they go after that, (laughs) that giant emerald and then the jewel of the Nile and the jewel is like a dude. And it's like, what the, what the fuck is this? Like that was the most disappointing ending or, 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 you know, reveal at the end of the third act. It's like, Oh, that's fucking terrible. Like that's, that's kind of how I thought about the Temple of Doom, but I, I feel revisiting that it's it's the character work between Indy and Short Round and and Kate Capshaw's character. Uh, 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 Willie. Willie, thank you. I almost said Winnie. Uh, that, that it just works so well. And it, it doesn't matter that it, you know, they're ultimately not going for fortune and glory, which is funny because that's what they kind of talk about the whole movie, but that's not ultimately what he ends up getting as yeah. a result of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's funny that that's the first movie that I can remember. And I don't even think I realized it at the time that actually was a prequel. That's the first one that I can remember being a prequel to, you know, being a sequel, but actually being a prequel. I don't remember that being a thing before that am i am i is i'm sure there's some movie out there that is i just i can't think of one yeah and to this day i don't know why spielberg and lucas decided to do that it doesn't make any sense because as a prequel i think it only takes place a year before raiders of the lost ark does so i don't understand why they would have done that i i i'm sure there's probably a reason somewhere floating around the internet but like it it doesn't Lucas and Spielberg had the idea of serialized movies in mind when they created the character of Indiana Jones or Indiana Smith, as I believe he was called before. And, you know, 
legend has it that Spielberg originally wanted to make a James Bond film and Lucas is like, yeah, but I got this great idea about doing an archaeologist who does all these things. And it's, you know, every movie could be a different story and all of that. And and that's where Indiana Jones was born and the Raiders of the Lost Ark came from. And so, like, I get that every story is sort of very unique. It's not really a continuity based character or series, but why they hopped backwards a year for the Temple of Doom and then decided to go back for well, I guess in 1989 you have to go forward because Harrison Ford is you know nine years older than he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark and you can't really convincingly shoot that movie with Harrison Ford that much older at least not in the 80s right There's no special effects or CG that's going to de-age him or anything like that but right yeah so I don't know I think that it it was interesting that they did that but. I I would say it was many, many years after I saw that movie before I even realized it was a prequel because I probably didn't pay attention to the year that was posted on the screen before that. Like it doesn't matter. And again, again, that's, that's literally the only way you would know, right? Like there's no, there, there is no, it's literally just a date at the beginning and they could just as easily have done it, said it two years after Raiders and nobody would know the difference. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's why it doesn't make, and it doesn't tell any story. It doesn't explain anything about why Raiders of the Lost Ark was that it went the way that it was. Right. So why said it before? I, I don't know. Maybe that was just to have fun and play with the story and move it around. I don't know. So thinking back through all these movies, <laughs> and this is the, this is a fun question I was looking forward to asking who is the hottest Indiana Jones girl in all these movies? Oh, wow. It's an easy answer. You just have to think of it. I mean, it's got to be Elsa, right? It's got to be Elsa. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be Elsa. Yeah. Of the love interests, I think. I mean, I think Kate Capshaw is beautiful. And yeah, she was, but she was very 80s. She was very much, you know, or I guess that's not fair to say 80s because the movie took place in 1935. But like she was, there was something about her that, that, that I don't really thought I don't really think brought out how how beautiful she really is but like Elsa was she was gorgeous that girl was so so hot um well and you know I mean that's 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 Jenny Flax she's she was a Bond girl too that's Jenny Flax from View to Kill that's right and she was in Major League Two as well that's right she was she was she Uh, has not been in a whole lot but she has been in a couple things and I don't know uh, where they found her. I don't know where she came from. Like, and she hasn't been in much since. So she was kind of almost like a, you know, one and done in terms of like huge movies like that. But yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it though. Yeah. She, yeah, she was real good. <laughs> yeah. She, she wasn't too bad, but I would say out of, out of all those movies, the Indiana Jones and the last crusade was my favorite as well. And I, I think it's, it's funny because there, there are so many things wrong with that movie in terms of like, just, obnoxious historical inaccuracies and all that stuff but i just don't think there's a more i don't think there's a funner movie that exists than that than that film because it just does such a good job of pacing the you know the beginning stuff with river phoenix which is really well done and then it flashes back to the future and uh it, it takes place in 1938 i think so this would have been like three or two years after raiders of the lost ark and you know then they end up in Venice and they're traveling all around the world. And it just, it, it just, I don't know. There's something about that movie that is great. Sean Connery as, as 
Indy's father does such a good job. And it's, I don't know, it's just fun. I can't really put my finger on it, but it is easily the most rewatchable of all those movies. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it is, I, I agree. It's well, first of all, it's, it's the greatest quest, right? You're going after the cup of Christ. I mean, it's, it, you're going after the whole, literally the Holy grail. And, and for me, it's the interplay between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. I mean, you nailed it. Sean Connery in that movie. I mean, he was already at that point, he was bond, but I'll be honest with you, like seeing him play Henry Jones senior might be my favorite performance from Sean Connery, which is like a blasphemy to say that as, as the bond character, yeah. but man, I really, but I just love him in this, as this character for sure. Does he, he has an accent though, right? Like he, Oh, for sure. <laughs> so oh, yeah. there's, so there's some, there's some issues that I, that are a little bit hard to get over, but I mean, he's still, I think, really well cast, and it certainly continues a bit of a trope for a lot of Spielberg movies, which is, you know, uh, missing fathers or fathers that aren't around, things yeah. like that. Like, you go back through many, many Steven Spielberg movies, that's that's a very common thread that he has. And But this one works. It just works so well, and it's so much fun. And I, I sort of figured by the end of this movie – yeah, the cup of Christ. Like, how do you top that? Like, I've, right. I've said that so many times about this movie. Like, what do you do that's bigger and better than that if you ever make a sequel to this movie? And uh, you know, unfortunately, they tried and they and they did. And um, you know, I, I don't know that it worked quite as well as I hoped it would. But I also wonder I if maybe it's not as bad as I think it was. If I go back to revisit it, because I don't know. I mean, what, I, crystal. Crystal Skull? Right. I, I haven't really watched it in many years. I did actually, right before we started this podcast, I did watch the opening scene, the one where he's in, uh, is it Roswell? He's at Area 51. <laughs> the or refrigerator scene? <laughs> okay, so everything up until the refrigerator scene... <laughs> is pretty Is pretty good, yeah. Is it's fun. I mean, it's yeah. still, it is a little bit jarring to see Harrison Ford at that age, which was 15 years ago. I guess that would put him in his, what, late? mid to late sixties. It is a little jarring to see him doing that there, but I I'm going with it. Like it's, it, it's fun and it's interesting and it's not as like, Oh, it's not as cringy as some of the stuff I'm seeing in this new trailer. But yes, the fridge scene is the thing that absolutely just, I just remember being in the theater and thinking, Oh no, like this is, I can't do this. Like, and and maybe that's not fair because all of these movies have that moment where it's like, okay, no human being could practically do something like this. I mean, we've talked about it. He right. jumps out of a plane with a raft and lands on with a mountain the <laughs> in the <laughs> right. Temple of Doom, right? Like that's, but as a kid, I totally bought it. Like I'm like, oh, of yeah, course. <laughs> you, you could do that. It's an, it's, it's a raft. Like it'll just bounce, right? No big deal. But like the fridge scene, I, I mean, I know how old and awkward Harrison Ford is, even at, 2008 the fact that he gets he gets shot about 500 yards in a in a refrigerator by an atomic bomb and just walks out of it is oh god it was just so hard to to stomach for me yeah the, the yeah the fridge is bad but what's worse for me in that the the worst thing by far in that movie is the fucking like gophers or chipmunks 
Yeah. That yeah. They ha- it's it, it's just the this, it's this, it's Caddyshack. Seat. Yeah, it's it's Caddyshack esque. Yeah. It, it is like I I could I probably could could give it a pass if it was just the refrigerator. But then we've got these fucking gophers that are just like popping up and like breaking the third wall. And that's, that's what really lost me was the gophers. So, but where do you think, I'm curious, where in your opinion, do you think this movie failed? Was it, was it old Indiana Jones? Was it the whole Shia LaBeouf, Mutt Lang, Mutt Lang, (laughs) not the, not the producer for Def Leppard, Uh, (laughs) Mutt, Mutt, whatever his name was. Jones. Um, Well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, was it a? You think it was a Spielberg fail? Was it the fucking fridge? Was it Indiana Jones and the Alien Invasion? I mean, there are a lot of things that I feel like you could potentially draw to, but like, where, where does this movie lose you? Not not a particular scene yeah. necessarily, but like, where where do we lose the spirit of the first three movies in this one? Yeah, you know what? I honestly, I, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I don't really have a problem with Shia LaBeouf. Um, again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Bayformers fan. So like, I, I really don't have a problem with Shia. I don't have a problem with the fact that Indiana Jones has a kid. Like that actually makes sense. He, you know, he and Marion blah, blah, blah. I, like I get it. Um, I think it's a combination of the fact that they went a little bit too far with like the campy type stuff, right? Like the gophers and those kind of things coupled with the fact that like, it's just not as interesting as the Holy Grail. Like it's just not right. Like if you, if you look at each individual scene of that movie, again, and you take out the campiness of the gopher and the, like some of the individual scenes in that movie are really, really entertaining. That first scene is great. The scene where he's fighting the Nazis and the ants and they take the guy into the, into the, um, like that is a good, you know, the, the monkey scene with Shia LaBeouf is pretty, is pretty bad. That one's pretty comical. Um, you know, and then the and then the final scene is just kind of straight out of you know third encounter, you know, close encounters of the third kind, another Spielberg flick. I don't know. I think it. I think it falls down based on the fact that it's it's anything after the Grail. The fact that Indiana Jones is old or older, I think hurts. Which I'm, which is candidly and not to be ageist, but really what I'm terrified of in this last movie. I you know because that's 15 years ago and he was old then, and you look yes. at it like, oh Christ. I mean, grandpa is, you know, grandpa Jones is, you know, we're in trouble. And again, I think it's going to suffer from the same. I don't know what the fuck the dial of destiny is. I don't know why I should care. I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's not the cup of Christ that I, I, I've thought about that a lot over the years too. I think the only thing in my mind that even comes close might be like something like Atlantis, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would be in that. It talked about that for a while and I don't know, didn't it? Did that get made into a video game or something? I'm not sure. Maybe. I think it was a a story idea that was tossed around. But even then, I don't really see Indiana Jones putting on a wetsuit and and diving in the ocean or anything like that. Like, yeah, I I don't know that there's any sort of relic at this point that could top what they've already done. Yeah. So now what what I will say, here's what I will say. um, And I don't know how to articulate it all that well. Have you ever seen the... um, there's a there's a series of films. Actually, I think there's only two of them. Oh my gosh, you're but, gonna you're gonna talk about but, Alan Quarterman and the Lost. No, 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 oh, okay. no, I, no. They're Nick Cage films. Oh shit. There's two of them. There's they're Nick Cage films, and they're very reminiscent. Not the National of, Treasure movies. Yes, 
Yeah, well, I think there's three of those. Is there? the three? But those films do what I wish some of these Indiana Jones sequels would have done, right? Because like, so the first one, he has to steal the Declaration of Independence, right? And so they do a really good job of like flashbacks and flash forwards. And they do a really good job of kind of like this historical fiction, kind of like a Dan Brown kind of thing. But those films could, in my mind, could very easily have been Indiana Jones films. And they... And and again, I don't know what it is that's different, but they are much more enthralling than Crystal Skull was. And again, I don't I don't know what's different about them. Maybe it's they're a little bit more reality based. I don't know. I'm rambling. But do you, have you ever seen those? Do you know? Do you, yeah, you seen those films? it's been a while. If, if I recall, yeah. the first movie they were after what the Declaration of Independence or something like that. They had yeah, they had to steal the Declaration because there was some other thieves that were going to steal it. Sean yeah. Bean was going to steal it. Yeah. And then the other one, and then the next one was um, kind of a lost, a lost city of gold. And it was uh, Ed Harris was going after it. But okay. I don't know. I would say the same about the mummy movies. I actually thought the first two mummy movies were yeah, really good. Were they good. were super yeah. entertaining. I mean, it, they're clearly derivative of Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and probably wouldn't exist if Indiana Jones wasn't a thing, but I, I liked them. I thought they were good. I, I, think that Shia LaBeouf is somebody that a lot of people didn't like at the time. That's fair. That's fair. And I think if they, in hindsight, could have cast a Chris Pratt or somebody a little bit more likable, then not only could they have had a better movie, they could have set it up a little cleaner for a sequel because I guarantee Shia LaBeouf is not in this movie. I don't think Karen Allen is in this upcoming fifth movie either. So they're basically writing those characters right back out because they realized it didn't really click in the fourth movie. I, I'm interested, or I'm I will be interested to see how they get rid of Mutt and Marion. I hope they give us something more than what they did with Nev Campbell's character in Scream, just like literally a dropped line. But I have a feeling that's what it's gonna be, yeah. if anything. If anything. I don't think they're going to spend any time with it. They're either dead or they've picked up and moved away because he's just such a deadbeat husband or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, I it's hard to say, but I think that it's probably good not to involve them again. And maybe, maybe that was sort of the downfall for the fourth one is that they tried real hard to shoehorn Karen Allen back in and, and do this sort of reunion thing. And it just, it, she didn't really come across as naturally as I think maybe she did in that first movie. And for me anyways, and it, it, it felt like she hadn't acted in about 40 years because she was just kind of all over the place and it didn't, it didn't feel very real. So I think that affected my enjoyment. Well, and, and, you know, and if you, if you take a step back and you look at like the entire series and you look at the chronology of those films. So in Raiders, we are introduced to Marion, who he hadn't seen in presumably years, and she was very young and blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. So then that means in theory, he already knew her in Temple of Doom, which again, I understand it was only a year before, so it makes sense maybe that he wouldn't talk about her. Or we, you know, that's fine. But then I don't think she was mentioned at all in 
Last Crusade, like not even a passing nothing. I mean, at least in the Last Crusade, we got a picture of Brody. Or no, Brody was still alive in, in, the, in that one. So she wasn't mentioned at all. And then she comes back full force in Crystal Skull. I don't know. It was, it's just like like the that that the way that character is treated is just very kind of disjointed through even within the series itself. It's very bizarre. And should we touch on the fact that maybe Indiana Jones did some inappropriate things with an underage girl? Cause they kind of lean pretty heavy into that in that first movie. They do. They do. In fact, she even says it right. She well, was like the whole reason her dad doesn't want anything to do with him is because he messed around with her when she was kind of young. So he yeah. kind of statutory raped the situation there. And I feel yeah. like that doesn't, maybe they're trying to not, you know, bring that piece up anymore. I mean, there's not a lot of detail around what happened with those characters and all that, but, you know, she basically said, I was a kid. <laughs> and, yeah. it's, you know, she was probably in her early 20s when that conversation was happening as a character in that movie. So, well, she was a she was a bar owner. Right. At right. that point, when that character, when that conversation was happening. Yeah. So, yeah. But you're right. She was in but it had yeah, to be early 20s at that right. point. Yeah. And she hadn't seen him in a while. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's maybe they uh, they wrote that a little bit too dark, but it was a it was a different time, right? There was there were things that they could get away with in the movies, and we had a podcast about that, right? Movies that you couldn't make today, <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll just go ahead and chalk that up to be in the 30s, and I guess that's just what happens back then. Yeah. So I don't know how how about you? Like, are you? I I I I buried the lead. I I'm not super excited about this film. How about you? Are you th- this new one? Are are you? excited do you care do you not are you like me you're gonna go and just kind of meh your way through it or what i very much care but i'm i'm crushed already by the reviews that have come out so far and they are terrible and that breaks my heart so significantly because i didn't have any yeah i didn't think for a second that this was going to be the perfect ending to the series and that they were going to totally redeem themselves from 2008. I just honestly thought maybe this would be a nice way to put a bow on this character and and just do some fan service and let him go off into the sunset and do the stuff. And, and I feel like they're going to try to do that, but you know, there are some, some pieces here that I think are important to consider that are going to make this really difficult. The first and, and arguably most important is that Spielberg doesn't have anything to do with this movie. He's not directing it. This is the only movie in all five of these Indiana Jones movies that Spielberg's not directing. And as far as I know, George Lucas doesn't have anything to do with it either. So... <laughs> I mean, Spielberg's not even producing it. So, I, look, Spielberg is, you can make all the arguments that you want that he hasn't really done anything super impactful for the last 20, 30 years. I don't know. I mean, Jurassic Park may have been the last really, really great movie he did. Maybe Schindler's List, I don't know. But, you know, he still has this sort of, what do you call it? He has this style of directing that if you're watching a Spielberg movie, you just know it because of the way that it looks and the way that it feels. And I'm concerned that we're going to lose some of that. And this is going to become more of a schlocky action flick with somebody else at the helm. Now, I don't know James Mangold very well. I think he's done some other good movies. I doubt anybody like Kathleen Kennedy would just hand him the reins without, you know, really trusting him. Yeah. 
No, but, he he's he, yeah he he's got some actually really really good movies that he directed. He he directed Copland, he directed Girl Interrupted, he had directed Three Ten to Yuma, The Wolverine, Logan, oh. Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, so he yeah okay he's got Wolverine some good, he's got some good flicks. Yeah yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's fair. But but I will but I will say, yeah, because because I've seen a lot of those same really really terrible reviews too. And I mean, immediately my, my thoughts are going to like, how, how is this movie going to compare to other, like, I mean, I suppose it's a sequel, right? It's not a requel, right? So it's not, it's not the Halloweens and the screams that we've been dealing with. Right. Um, it, it, so it, I guess the, the closest comparison that we're going to get is something like Rise of Skywalker, right? Or Maybe. Or uh, or the Ghostbusters movie, you know, like these these sequels that are so so long in the in the future, and and the again Ghostbusters, we I think we did even even did a deep dive or we did a review about it. I think we we enjoyed that film, but maybe not as a Ghostbusters film, and we've really kind of universally panned it in terms of the way they treated the the legacy characters, the Ghostbusters. You know, we've done three deep dive podcasts on the Star Wars sequels. And I think that first one, I think we 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 kind of both really loved, and then kind of went downhill from there. Oh, my big concern with this one, man, is is the age of Harrison Ford, and and the fact that it's an action series, and is he going to be able to do that action? And I don't think he is. Yeah. And on top of that, he doesn't have a big prize to go after that we really care about, right? I don't know what the fuck the Dial of Destiny is, and couple that with the fact that there's not really any like characters that you really care about. You know what I mean? Like there, there's not an interaction between like a Han and Luke or, or what have you that you, you know, like in star Wars that you care about. I, even if Marion was in this movie, I don't care about that interaction. It's just like a different dynamic. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. It makes total sense. Um, yeah. So you said something that, that kind of triggered a thought that I think, is going to be a big factor in what people think of this movie. Cause you talked about ghostbusters. You talked about star Wars. The differences between those and this is that the legacy characters are taking a backseat to the new characters. In this case, here. the legacy yeah. character is the main character and he's got to hold this movie and he's got to hold it as a 77 year old action star. And that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. And I've seen some of the special effects in some of these action scenes. If you go to Disney Plus right now, Disney Plus just acquired all the Indiana Jones movies. You can watch them there. They have a five-minute sneak preview of The Dial of Destiny. And there is a scene at the end of this five-minute preview that they show you. And I kind of winced a little bit because it's got him. It's like this scene where they're it's like a high speed chasing cars down a alleyway somewhere. And they're, you know, Harrison Ford's hopping from car to car. And I'm like, that's not happening. And it doesn't look very genuine. And that's what I'm really concerned about is that it's, you know, in, in crystal skull, I thought he looked as good as he could have looked like, in this new movie, I think they're going to try too hard to make him look the same. And it's going to just, there's just not enough disbelief I could suspend to buy into this. And to your point about the characters and who to 
get involved in. We know that Salah is coming back. My guess is it's for a two-minute cameo. And I've already talked about my desire to get short round back for this. And I think they probably missed the boat by about five minutes on him because now he's an Oscar award winning actor. And, uh, you know, they had no idea that he was sure. he was going to be that Kihi Kwan was going to be in that position. But they still should have brought him back. I still think that they should have. And by all my guess is that he's he's not there. But, yeah, I mean, it's like it's basically he's the only one left. Sean Connery. Uh, obviously is is dead and his character died before the fourth movie even came out. So who's left and why do we care and what's going on? And it's just, I feel like it's going to be sad and it's not going to. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I think if short round was going to be in it, we would have heard it. Right. Like you, you don't kind of keep that kind of secret. Um. Doesn't sound like Shia LaBeouf's in it at all, which again, doesn't need to be. That's fine. Whatever, whatever scene Salah's, I mean, Salah wasn't really in those other movies. You know, he's a couple scenes here and there. So it's like, it'll be cool to see him, but it'll be cool to see him the way it was cool to see the Millennium Falcon in, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, there's a character that we recognize, right? It's not not even the Millennium Falcon. It's going to be like maybe lando level and rise of Skywalker. okay yeah 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 right right exactly. like he's gonna pop in he's gonna say a couple of things and right we're and all gonna be like oh my gosh remember when he was cool and then just but have absolutely no right no purpose other than to be like hey do you remember this guy we're gonna put him out on screen again you know but otherwise yeah. like i don't see any other characters or actors i mean it depends on if they try to keep this serialized like they have the other movies. And I can't tell if they're going to do that or not. You know, I, I wonder, are they, are they going to try and set up a future film Verner film universe where Indiana Jones is another character a la James Bond? Like, are they going to try to, continue this universe without Harrison Ford. I want, I really wonder, are they going to try to do that? Uh, I don't know. I doubt it very seriously. I think the the most that could happen is that they may reboot it someday. You know, they may just start all over again, maybe even tell the story of the Ark of the Covenant again, but then maybe go on to tell some different stories and, and plan it out with a different actor, you know, yeah. five, 10 years down the road like Batman, you know, kind of reboot the story and, and do all that over again. I don't, I, I think this is honestly the last Indiana Jones movie that we'll ever see, at least of, of, of this cast of these characters. Yeah. I don't think they're going to continue anything because I feel like the later in time you get, the harder it gets to. Oh I mean, yeah, this, for sure. This, this new movie takes place in like 1969, I think. I mean, in the trailer, yeah. there's a Rolling Stone song playing and that's very jarring for me yeah you know like i don't want to see indiana jones in a modern world i want to see him you know back when there was you know no tv and or at least small black and white tvs and you know it's it's a very sort of plain and simple world and i i think that's that's gonna also have some kind of effect on how i feel about this movie yeah no i i agree i um just as a random aside i was just looking here um Harrison Ford as of right now is 80 years old. Yeah. He was born on July 13th. He shares a birthday with my brother and my father. Um, he is older 
than President Joe Biden. Which, wow. Which, yeah. So to be, to be to fair, talk, yeah. I never had the opportunity to vote for Harrison Ford. And if I did, I oh, sure 100%. Would have, I would have taken him. 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So, um, so, so another like interesting, and I think probably, probably bad thing, right? So I'm, I'm just looking at, I love looking at kind of budgets and box offices of films throughout the years, right? I know like when we do deep dives, I always look at that. So the budget for Raiders of the Lost Ark was 20 million. Box office was 389.9 million. Budget for Temple of Doom was 28.17. Box office of 333.1. Budget for Temple of Doom, I'm sorry, Last Crusade, was 48 million box office of 474 million budget of crystal skull was 185 million wow box office of 790 million dollars for a piece of garbage movie that's okay. huge yeah it is now again budget of 185 what do you think the budget for dial of destiny was oh got a guess uh 250 300 million dollars oh my god that's a lot could, of cgi I, jumping him around i can foresee a scenario where this movie does not make its budget back nah i don't think i don't think it's going to get to that i think there's still I hope enough not. I hope gen xers yeah for sure yeah. i think there's still enough gen xers that'll go out and see this and and you know you and i have been talking very ominously about this movie the whole time but we'll both go see it for sure yeah Hundred percent, and yeah. I doubt I'll see it multiple times, but I will absolutely see it once. I, I mean, it'll make at least five hundred. I, I have to think it may not yeah, make I hope a so. lot of money. Yeah, but it's going to depend on what people think of this movie. Like, I kind of hope people go see this movie on opening weekend. They're like, oh no, actually, it's great. Like the the reviews are shit. Like, it, if I feel like if it's really polarizing, then that at least gives me hope that there may be something out of it that I might take that i might enjoy but as of this point right now the review that scared me the most was from ign when they said we had no idea how good we had it with the crystal skull uh, I, and, I saw that too and i That's... felt my soul just like slip out of my body it, it made me so sad and um yeah i don't know so what what i do think is interesting and i wanted to ask you this uh, you know this is the last question that i had that i wanted to ask but if yeah. you have any then by all means but so you know this is a beloved franchise despite you know the the lackluster response to crystal skull the first three movies are fantastic dial of destiny we don't have high hopes for but we don't know what it's going to be like yet so this movie series is likely going to end as a five movie series Yes. Off the top of your head, can you name any other franchises that have ended at five? I have the answer. I have six of them. One of Holy them, shit. One of them, maybe two of them, I think you will potentially get. And mind you, some of these will not end with six. Some of these will have more. But as of today, they do not have any more than five. Wow um okay without googling let's see let's see it's not scream nope not not fast not halloween not friday 
not Freddy, not Saw. I'm going through horror real quick. Um, let's see. There's only one horror franchise. One franchise that would definitely be considered horror. Uh, Candyman? No. It, it's, uh, it's, it's not too obscure either. None of these are very obscure. You'll be like, oh, obscure. okay. When I say these, because you'll you'll know now. Maybe yeah, you haven't this... seen them all, but you certainly know. Yeah, the, yeah. The franchise. Final Destination. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Good call. Final yeah, Destin- Final yeah. Destination Five. Okay. Which, by the way, is my second favorite out of that group. I, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a highly a underrated one. movie because yeah. spoiler alert: the end of Final Destination Five is the beginning. Yeah. Is the beginning <laughs> of the original Final yeah. Destination, and they don't tell yeah. you that, and it's a great fucking twist. Okay, so you got one. Which is okay. really you impressive there, because I didn't come up with any. I had to Google this. You said there's how many did you got? I've got there's five more. So you, there's a total shit. of six. One of these I don't think you'll get. I'll just go ahead and give you this one. The okay. Twilight, yeah. the Twilight movies. Oh there yeah, were, okay. there were five yeah. of those. You wouldn't get. I've it. never, I've never seen any of those. Um, the how, two that I think you will get though are still on there. Okay. Or, or you um, may should get. I'll give you a hint. They are Die act, Hard. Yes. Yeah. Die Hard. Okay. Yeah. There's another action series that started in the 80s that you should get. Um, Terminator? Nope, that had six. Um, here's the problem. They don't like they don't necessarily like name them one, two, three, four, five. They're like they've all got names to them. Um they do, yeah. Um uh, five. Wow. You're doing Rambo. What? Rambo? Yes. Yeah. Rambo. There you go. That's so you're, you've got and, three of them. That's impressive. And the and the last Rambo movie was one of my favorites. Talk about an ultra violent, gory, like oh my god, amazing. I that, yeah, I didn't see yeah. it. But I oh, you, it. you didn't see it? Oh, it's really mm-hmm. good. Okay, so I got three of them. I got Rambo. Okay, um, you, got, you got Rambo, Final Destination, and Die Hard. The other ones that you have not gotten, I would say, are newer in that they didn't they weren't in the 80s i don't even think they were in the 90s i wouldn't well maybe maybe late 90s but definitely 2000s well that's that's Um, newer so you how about that uh what's that movie with the the uh, katniss what's her name the the hunger Hunger games Games only had four okay harry potter's got six because they broke it into two or even more than that seven yeah okay um i don't know um if they're newer, I'm pro- I'm not I'm not gonna be um so one of them is Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, okay. I liked I've only seen the first three of those, but I yeah. I enjoy them. Yeah. Uh another one is well, I guess the only there's only two that you didn't get because I gave you Twilight, Pirates of yeah. the Caribbean and the Jason Bourne series. So the mm. Bourne Identity. Okay. And then ultimatum and ultimatum and something and then the fourth movie with jeremy renner that didn't even have matt damon which is technically part of that series and then jason Bourne was the fifth movie that came out that matt damon came back for okay so yeah those are the six franchises that i could find of of worthiness that have five movies because five is a really weird number to stop at you know it's most most of them go to six seven or jesus still haven't stopped yet fast x jason yeah. X. you know like they there's a lot of those so i thought that was a fun trivia question though no it is that yeah that's good have we ever done yeah we're talking about a lot of like potential new podcasts have we ever done overall like best or favorite franchises overall we i don't no. think we've ever done that either no that'd haven't. be that'd be a, that'd be a good conversation to have too yeah been, uh, 
I've been I've been updating our um, <laughs> I've, as we speak here. Nice. Um, so, oh, I we cannot forget. Uh, um, we have to pour one out today for the one and only the Iron Sheik. Oh, Sheiky baby, Sheiky baby, Sheiky baby passed oh, away Cole today. Jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's it, it's not funny. I, I I don't even know. Like, it was a surprise to me. Was he was he ill? I mean, he was old, but was he ill? I don't he know. was very old, I think. But it, I, yeah. I I have no idea. I'm not really sure. Hold on, I'll look him up real quick. How old was he? Uh, he was he was 80. So so yeah. he was he's the same age as Joe Biden and Harrison Ford. He 81. It says he, 81. Oh, uh, was it? So. Okay. I mean, 81 for a wrestler is incredible. Yeah. That is yeah. intense longevity. Born in 1942 yeah. in Iran. Uh, yeah, uh, the Iron Sheik, rest in peace. He was a, a very interesting character that usually tweeted in all caps and yes. and talked that way too. Yeah. And, and, and definitely didn't break character very often. But no. yeah, he uh, he passed away, I believe, today. June seventh, two thousand twenty-three. Yeah, such a bummer. And we just and we just lost uh, superstar Billy Graham within the last since our certainly since our last podcast. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's you know it's it's like every time one of these wrestling legends dies, um, it's it's just gonna come fast and furious for the next several years. Unfortunately, as we get older and our and our heroes get older as well. But yeah, it's not going to uh, stop with wrestling. It's going to be actors. No. It's going to be rock stars. It's it's going to be tough. Yeah. The the rock stars seem to outlast everybody, though. I'm not sure how that ha- they just it's like formaldehyde, right? Mm. They've just got so much booze and drugs in them. But I feel like so do the wrestlers and so do the. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. Maybe they just had more fun. I mean, they 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 abuse their bodies less, I think, than maybe the wrestlers, just because when you're not hopped up on drugs, then you're throwing each other around a ring and hitting each other with steel chairs. So yeah, they don't really ever get a break. So all right, well, hey, on uh, on that rather somber note, um, we've been chatting for a while. This, I, dude, it's been good. It's been good to catch up. It's been a it's been too long. We need to make sure that we get back into kind of some sort of rhythm. I know that might be difficult with the summer. But uh, let's let's make some efforts here. Yes. Well, we have all kinds of new ideas to come back with. And one of the things when we do get back to wrestling that I still one of the things that I'm the most anxious to get back to is a top five fantasy bookings for wrestling matches. So like like taking somebody from the Legends era, putting them up against somebody today. Like, who would we like to see go after each other? I think when we do get back to the squared circle. That's one of the places I'd like to go for sure. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, that being said, that's Mr. Pip. I'm Chewy. This has been the 411 from 406. We'll talk to you soon. Aloha. Adios. Adios.